Well, good morning again. I'm Todd, and I'm the lead pastor here. Good morning. Oh, there you are. I knew you'd show up eventually. Are you glad you're here? Weren't you encouraged by the snow this morning? And by the snow on Tuesday and Wednesday? I mean, isn't it great to live in Sudbury? Yes, indeed. It is quite a thing. Well, I want to uh, welcome all of you, and I want you to take your Bibles today. And we're starting a new series called Unwrapping Spiritual Gifts or Unwrapping Our Spiritual Gifts. And we're going to be looking at this for four weeks, starting today. And I'm thinking and I'm hoping that is going to be very helpful because I know that lots of people have lots of questions. And I'll get to some of those eventually. Um, but let's stand together, and uh, we are looking today at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 to 7. If you've got a device, uh, then you know how to get the 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you're new to the Bible and you actually have a Bible, then what you want to do is turn about two-thirds through the uh, book, uh, through the Bible, and you'll come to the New Testament, and as you move through, you'll come to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those are the Gospels, then you'll come to the book of Acts, you'll come to Romans, and then you'll come to 1 Corinthians, and then you'll go to chapter 12. So we just got seven verses, we're going to have read two slides. I'm reading this slide, and you're going to read the next slide, and this is what it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Let's pray together. Father, again, we love you and give you praise and thanks for the living Christ and for the work of the ministry of the Spirit. And we ask today for the help of your Spirit to give us a voice to speak, ears to hear, minds to comprehend, hearts to understand, and Lord, as we go out from this place, that we would, in tangible and physical and meaningful ways, live out what it means to be a Christ follower, to be a disciple of Jesus. And so we ask this today in one name only, the name Jesus Christ. Amen. Why don't you be seated? What is your spiritual gift? What is your spiritual gift? Or maybe I should ask this question. Do you know what your spiritual gift is? Now, some of us might be a little confused by that question because maybe you aren't even aware that there are such things as spiritual gifts or that you even have one. And we'll get to that in a moment. But the reality is that everybody in this room, everybody watching online, every person who is a Christ follower, every disciple of Jesus, everyone, all of us, we have at least one spiritual gift. 
And sometimes we underappreciate or we underestimate the importance of our spiritual gift. Or maybe we're just fearful or we're reluctant to use our spiritual gift. But what is God's intention? That he would give us a spiritual gift, or plural, give us spiritual gifts. Well, one of the things that the New Testament and the Bible itself as a whole is very clear on is that we are to use our gifts for the glory of Christ and for the furtherance of the kingdom of God. And the church, the body of Christ, functions best when each of us is serving and we are using our gift or gifts as we are designed. So what I want to do today is I want to begin with the New Testament. And the New Testament tells us that there are five lists of gifts that are recorded in the New Testament. Now, I'm not going to take time to actually read through these texts, but I do want you to know that these five lists in the New Testament give us an idea of what the spiritual gifts are. Now, so Romans chapter 12, verses 3 to 8, and then 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 to 11, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, later in that chapter, verses 38, sorry, verses 28 to 30, then in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, verses 7 to 11, and then the last one is found in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. Now what I want you to do this week is I want you to take your notes that you've got with you today, and I want you to sometime this week to take time to sit down and just read through those texts. And just read through what it says about the gifts of the Spirit, and that will sort of help us and help you as we move forward over the next number of weeks. So one of the questions that comes up is this. How many spiritual gifts are there? What's their number? Well, as I already said, generally there are, there are gifts, and there are about 18 to 20 to 21 gifts. Some of the gifts that are described in the five texts that I just outlined for you, uh, you know, the uh, one designation sort of applies to maybe uh, two designations rather apply to one gift. So it's kind of hard to figure out exactly how many gifts are in the, in the New Testament, but generally it's between 18 to 20, maybe 21. Now, the other thing is this, is that uh, if we're really being honest, um, we're not really sure if the list in the New Testament is a complete list or a partial list. Nobody really knows the answer to that question. Nobody really knows. But whether or not it is an exhaustive list or a complete list or a partial list, we have to be impressed with the list of gifts that are given to us in the New Testament. So what are the spiritual gifts that are given to us in the New Testament? Now, I've listed these alphabetically. And so here they are. Administration, apostle, distinguishing between spirits or the distinguishing of spirits or discerning of spirits, uh, encouraging or exhorting, the same thing, evangelism, faith, uh, giving or contributing to needs, healing, the interpretation of tongues, knowledge or the word of knowledge or the utterance of knowledge, leadership, mercy, Miraculous powers, pastor, 
prophet, prophecy, serving or helps or being able to help other people, uh, teaching tongues and wisdom or the word of wisdom or the utterance of wisdom. Now, there is a difference between specific spiritual gifts and general commands that are given to us in the Bible. Now, what I mean by that is this. For example, God has issued general commands that apply to every Christian. To all of us in this room who are Christ followers and all that are watching online, there are general commands. And I'm just going to use five as an example. For, so first of all, we are all, we are all commanded that we should exhort one another. That we should encourage one another. But some have the gift of exhortation. Some people have the gift of encouragement. We are all told that we are to walk by faith. That's a general command to everybody. But some people in the body of Christ are used in the gift of faith. We are all commanded in the New Testament to be witnesses for Christ. We're all supposed to witness for Christ and share our faith. But there are some people that just have the gift of evangelism. They could talk to anybody at any place at any time about the gospel. It's a gift of evangelism. And the last thing is that we are all told, we are all commanded that we are to test truth claims and the people that make them. But there are some people in the body of Christ that they have or they use the gift of discerning of spirits. Now, the second thing that I want to mention is that the unique nature of spiritual gifts. And what I mean by that is that they are spiritual gifts. In other words, the gifts are spiritual in origin. They are given by the Holy Spirit, and they are empowered by the Holy Spirit. There are two words in the New Testament that give us insight into the unique nature of spiritual gifts in that that they are spiritual in origin. The first word, now these are Greek words, okay? So the first one may not be that familiar to most of us. And it's, it's, the name is pneumatikos. In the New Testament, the word for spirit is pneuma. Now, the word that I'm giving to you here is called pneumatikos, and it literally comes from our text. And if we were actually to translate our text, the first line of our text today, if we were to translate it literally, this is what it would say. Now concerning spirituals. That's exactly what the translation is. And the word spirituals is the word pneumatikos. Now, so we understand that it is that the gifts are spiritual in origin, that they come from the Holy Spirit, and that they are empowered by the Holy Spirit for specific tasks and in specific times. The second word is much more familiar. It is the word charismata. 
Now, when you go to us Pentecostals, when we go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and it talks about the gift of faith and tongues and interpretation and healing, those are called the gifts of the charismata. Now, what's interesting is that's where we get the word charisma. Now, you know what charisma is, right? Somebody who has charisma, they're, they're effervescent, they're very gregarious, they have a magnetism, and there's a charm about them. Charisma. But here's the other thing is charisma or charismata is also where we get the word grace. Grace. So in the New Testament, charis or charis, we actually have a charis in our congregation. And the word charis or charis means grace. So these are gifts that are given from the grace of God. And so Paul says these words in Romans chapter 12, verse 6. He says, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them. Now, so spiritual gifts are spiritual in origin in that they are given by the Holy Spirit, and they are empowered by the Holy Spirit. For example, you and I don't get to decide today whether we are going to ex exercise the gift of faith or healing. Those are determined by the Holy Spirit with specific people in specific times for specific tasks. Does that make sense? Now, the second thing that makes them unique is this is that they are spiritual in essence. They are gifts of the Holy Spirit. Gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, everyone that's born, everyone receives gifts. When you were born as a baby, when I was born as a baby, we had natural skills and abilities. Now, they had to be developed, of course. But you take somebody who can play an instrument, somebody um, that can play the piano. That's a natural gift. And, of course, they learn, they're, they're musical, and so they practice that, and they get good at playing the piano. So all of us, everybody in the room, everybody watching online, you and I, we have at least one gift, natural gift, and we probably have many more than that, but at least one. I'm blowballing it here. Now, I know exactly what some of you are thinking. I know exactly what some of you are thinking. You're thinking to yourself, well, Pastor Todd, I'm not sure I've got any gifts. Well, you may feel that way, but that's not the facts. The reality is that every single one of us have natural gifts that we were born with. Now, Everybody that's born again gets spiritual gifts or a spiritual gift singular. I don't know if they're singular or plural. I don't know if you get one, two, three, or four, five, six, or seven. I don't know. I've seen some people that are pretty talented spiritually and like they've got three or four gifts going on and the rest of us got one and we're thinking, man, where did I get gypped here? Right? But just as you were born with gifts naturally, when you were born again by the Spirit of God, God, the Holy Spirit, gave you spiritual gifts or gift. We all have one. 
There's no believer that comes into the kingdom of God that doesn't receive a gift. You got one, and I got one. Now, here's an interesting slant on that. One of the spiritual gifts that we mention in our list is the gift of leadership. Well, we know what that is, right? We look around and we see lots of people have the gift of leadership. Now, the question is, is that natural leadership or is that spiritual leadership? Well, we're going to say for argument's sake that it's natural leadership, that they, have, they just know how to lead. They know how to lead a business. They know how to lead a government. They know how to lead. But then there is a spiritual leadership gift. And so the question is, is if you have a natural gift of leadership, is that a spiritual gift of leadership as well? And the answer could be yes and no. You could have a natural leadership gift and not have a spiritual leadership gift. You could have a spiritual leadership gift and not have a natural leadership gift. So understand that when we talk about natural gifts, they're different than spiritual gifts. Does that make sense? Anyway, you can think about that a little bit later. But only believers, only Christ followers have spiritual gifts. Now, the third thing is that spiritual gifts are divinely given. They're given by God. And understand that they are gifts. And like all other gifts, we don't earn them. And like all other gifts, a lot of times we don't deserve them. They're gifts. And they are given to us generously and freely by the Holy Spirit. They're not earned. And further, they are given by the Holy Spirit as He sees fit. Now, I want you to know that if I had to choose some spiritual gifts, I would probably have a different list than the one or two that I currently have. And you might as well. But here's a couple things to keep in mind. First of all, that each person of the Godhead is involved in the bestowing of spiritual gifts. Okay? Now, look at our text in verse 4 where it says this. Verse 4 and 5, 6 says, Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. Spirit. And there are a variety of services, but the same Lord. Lord. And there are a variety of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them in all people. Spirit, Lord, and God, all three persons of the Godhead are involved in bestowing the gifts. The agency, of course, is the Spirit. Every believer, as I said a moment ago, every believer has at least one spiritual gift. And if you're not sure about that, then look at 1 Corinthians chapter 7, 7, where it says, but each has his own gift from God. That's talking about me. That's talking about you. That's talking about us. That each of us has our own gift from God, one of one kind and one of another. We'll get into that later, not today. Secondly, or thirdly, not no one person has all the gifts. No one person has all the gifts. Listen to what 1 Corinthians 12, 29, and 30 says. 
And Paul asks this question, are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? And the answer is, of course, no. Now, a caveat or a sidebar as we're going along. Now, notice what it says. Paul says, do all speak in tongues? Now, the tongues thing is where a lot of people get tangled up. Now, we're going to sort of untangle some of this over the next few weeks because people that are new to Pentecostalism and people that um, have been around Pentecostalism but aren't Pentecostals, um, they struggle with this whole tongues thing, the tongues thing. This is where they run into problems. Now, and one of the things that happens is people that want to refute that tongues is, you know, us Pentecostals say and believe and teach that the gift of tongues and the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for everyone. And I'll talk more about that some other time, but not today. But one of the things that those that say it's not use this text. Do all speak in tongues? Do all do gifts of healing? Now, let me just say this, and I'll just sort of plant the seed, and then I'll, I'll get out of here before I get in too much trouble. Um, <clears throat> understand that when we, what tangles us up is this. What Paul is talking about in Corinthians is different than what he's talking about in the book of Acts. And the focus of 1 Corinthians and the focus of the book of Acts is totally different. Now, <clears throat> for those of you that don't know, Luke, who wrote the gospel of Luke, also wrote the, the um, the book of Acts. And we know that the Apostle Paul, that he wrote the book of 1 Corinthians that we're referring to. And the focus is very different. So for Paul, the focus of the spiritual gifts and this focus of tongues is what we're talking about at this moment, is for service. The empowerment of the Spirit is for service. But when we come to Luke and the book of Acts, the focus of the Holy Spirit is for witness and evangelism. And we'll break this down a little bit more as we go along. But understand that if you're tangled up and you think that, you know, well, it says right here in the Bible, not all speak in tongues. Well, the truth is what Paul is talking about is totally different than what Luke is talking to us about in Acts. But we'll come back to that. Now, the fourth thing is to understand that God determines which spiritual gifts, gifts we receive and at what occasion. Now, that's very important. That's very important. That's more important than I can actually underline and emphasize, is that God determines which spiritual gift you get and I get. That's not our choice. That's his choice and at what occasion. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11 says, All these are empowered by this one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as He wills, as God wills. The other thing to keep in mind is this, that spiritual gifts are outward focused, beyond ourselves. Now, I don't know if you're anything like I actually, I know that you're a lot like I am that I can take anything and make it about me. Because I am the center of the universe. You're laughing because you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? We can take anything and make it about us. 
And sadly, in the Christian church, we do the same things with the gifts of the Spirit. We make them about us. And they're not designed to focus on us. They're, def- they're, def- they're designed to focus outward beyond us, beyond ourselves. That spiritual gifts are not to be used in isolation. And they're not to be used for our profit and benefit, but for the profit and benefit of other people. Now, I know, I know that when we minister to somebody and we help somebody, we feel warm and fuzzy, and and I get it, you know, it's more blessed to give to receive, and it really is because there really is a wonderful buzz in giving to somebody, right? There really is a wonderful thing about you feel so warm and so fuzzy about helping people. But the point is not for me to feel warm and fuzzy for my socks to roll up and down. The purpose of the gifts is to minister to other people. And so our our text says in verse 7, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. That means all of us, not me, all of us. And so spiritual gifts are given specifically for specific purposes, and they are tools and instruments given by God for the work and the extension of the kingdom. And spiritual gifts is God's provision through the Holy Spirit to provide and to minister to and through people. And the last thing is that every believer must be engaged in the work of the kingdom. And that's why you, that's why we, have a spiritual gift or gifts. Because everybody in the room is supposed to be involved in the furtherance of the kingdom of God, not just a few of us who get paid to do it. Ephesians says, for we are created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So I want to conclude with this today. Paul says to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, he says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. And I'm saying to you and I, that the Spirit of God is saying the same thing to us. That you and I are to fan into flame the gift that God has given us. Now, we each have gifts. God wants us and intends for us to have. Did you hear that? You, you, me, We have the gift that God intended for us to have. And wishing that we had somebody else's gift is not going to make it so. And wishing that we had somebody else's gift and not the gift we have is not exactly called gratitude. But you and I, you and me, we have the gift or gifts that God intended for us to have. Secondly, we grow in our gift as we go. 
Now, spiritual gifts should come with a label. Some assembly required. But spiritual gifts are like everything else. Spiritual gifts, when you use your spiritual gift at the beginning, you're going to feel like Bambi a bit. All over the map. You're not going to be able to stand up and you're going to be embarrassed maybe. Because using your spiritual gift is like anything other skill. You're not going to be that great at it at the beginning. And it's kind of like, remember, how many of you have ever worked out, you know, lift weights or ran? Raise your hand. Uh, It's not a sin. Raise your hand. How many of you? Remember, come on, nice and high, nice and high. And the rest of you should get your hand up for this next week. Remember the day after. Now, actually, it's not the day after. It's two days after. When When you realize that you had muscles that you never knew you had. Folks, I remember when I started working out a long time ago and I started doing squats. You know, this is where you put the bar and then you do these. No kidding. I couldn't sit down for a week. It hurt so much. The same is true with the spiritual gifts. It's like any other gift. It's like any other exercise. Spiritual gifts are sort of like a muscle. The more you use it, the stronger it gets. And the better we are able to use it. Now, I'm going to confess to you something here. You should have been there the day that I preached my first sermon. Actually, you're glad you weren't. Folks, it wasn't just bad, it was ugly. It was terrible. Matter of fact... When we were in Bible college, one of the things that we had to take was homiletics classes, and that's homiletics is learning how to preach. And uh, one of the things that third-year students, well, in our year, third-year students used to do is um, you would get, so we would have chapel on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And what you could do is that if you were a third-year, you could put your name in to either, either lead worship or to preach, And you weren't sort of, you know, it just wasn't, you know, you could. It was, if you were a homiletics class, in class, you were expected to put your name in so that you could preach in front of the whole student body. This is what I did. I waited until the entire list was full. Because there were only so many spots. There weren't enough spots for all the students. So I figured if I waited it out. I left Bible college and never once preached or led in worship. I had mastered the ability to avoid it. I'm serious. In my first sermon, oh my goodness. But as I matured and as I used it, I got a little bit better. A little bit better. And I'll leave that with you. But practice and, dis- and discipline helps. So just remember that you got a spiritual gift, and it's the one that God intended you to have. And when you start to use it, you're going to feel a little like Bambi on ice. It's going to be tough. It's going to be awkward. It's going to feel like, wow, this can't be a gift. This is more like a curse. It feels like that. That's how I felt about preaching anyway. <clears throat> but here's the last thing. And this is most important. Whatever your gift, 
whatever my gift, whatever our gift or gifts, you are needed. You are needed. Every church is like a suitcase being packed going on a vacation. And everything we need to do the job is in that suitcase. And everything we need to be successful as a congregation and effective in our community and our world is already here. And the reality is that your gift is needed. And when you are not using it, we are at a disadvantage and a part of the team is missing. So I want to pray with you. But over the next three weeks, this is what we are going to be focusing on. And you're going to learn, and you're going to grow, and we're going to discover some things. And one of the things I hope you discover, if you haven't already, is your own spiritual gift or the way in which God uses you in a spiritual gift. So let's stand together, and let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have built a kingdom that we get to be a part of. You invite us to participate. You don't need us. You're God. You don't need anything. But you built a kingdom that you invited us to be a part of. And thankfully, you didn't just invite us to be a part of it, and we're supposed to do this on our own. No, you've not only given us your Holy Spirit, you have given us spiritual gifts. And so, Father, I ask today in the name of Jesus that over, these, over this next week as we read through the text, that have already been mentioned. And as we talk about spiritual gifts, that you will challenge us, that you will get a hold of us, that you will just, Lord, pursue us. That we may become the people, the disciples, the followers that you intended us to be. And we ask this today in Christ's name and for his name's sake. And we all said, Amen. Amen.